Hey everyone, welcome to Engineering Experience brought to you by the experts at Paragon Innovations. I'm Tyler Kern, thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the show. Today we have three exciting guests joining us here today. First we have Brewster Waddell, he's the CEO of TH Waddell Designs. Brewster, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, it's nice to be here. Excellent, well we are thrilled to have you. We're also joined by Bob Landers, VP of Engineering for TH Waddell Designs. Bob, thank you for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome, great to be here. Absolutely, and last but not least, joining us once again for another episode of the show is Mike Wilkinson, founder and CEO of Paragon Innovations. Mike, welcome back. How you doing, man? Doing good, glad to be back. Awesome, well, it is awesome to have all of you guys here. And today we're talking about this amazing product that we have sitting on the desk in front of me. We're gonna dive into everything about it, Paragon's role and, uh, and so much more. But to really explain the product, we need to go back to the 1970s, right, Brewster? Because it was your dad that originally had this concept, had this idea. So take us back, give us the origin story and a little bit of the history behind the amazing product we have here. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's, it is kind of an interesting story because my father was, he was working on Wall Street until about like 1963 and then he just decided that that was not for him. So he wanted to go ahead and get an architectural degree. So uh, he took the family to Florence, Italy and he started going to school at the Academy in Florence, uh, where he got his degree and then his PhD subsequently. And then he set up a design firm in Italy, uh, working with a number of local designers and also some of the firms in Milan. And uh, he started playing his hand at putting together lamps and lights and furniture. And one in particular is the taller version of what you see right there. It was a version which was made, uh, it was different from this in that it was tethered to the wall. It had a transformer in it, and, uh, but it was a very unique design for the time. And he uh, got in touch with Knoll International, which is a very large uh, furniture design firm in New York, and uh, they decided to carry his line and sell it in places like Saks, uh, Sackowitz, Macy's, and a number of the other uh, big chain stores across the United States. So um, that was really kind of interesting because the dynamic back then is that those type of department stores didn't really carry that kind of merchandise. Right. So it was good news, bad news. It was good news in the fact that they had a really cool product and my dad was actually able to establish those relationships. The, 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 the problems that ensued were related to transportation, mm -hmm. to packaging, and to some of the technology and also the market demand at the time. So in uh, going through those, those, those elements one by one, the distance between uh, Florence and New York for them to be able to ship, uh, they needed to be shipped by container. Uh, the packaging wasn't strong, was not good, so uh, about one out of every two was breaking in transit. Uh, we also learned uh, other structural issues uh, which were related to temperature. Uh, if you notice, there's a metal ring at the top of that design right there, and which constrains, depending on the expansion or the contraction, depending on heat or cold, does not move but the glass does. So for example, if somebody was buying it at Macy's and taking it out into, let's say a New York December winter and walking it over to their apartment on 56 and 4th Street or something, and 4th Avenue, they can actually you know, go upstairs, plug it in, and within a couple of minutes, it would shatter because it would expand, the heat would expand. Mm. Right. So it just didn't see its time. Now, having said that, it got a lot of acclaim in places like the Museum of Modern Art in New York City. Um, it was also, uh, my father was featured in a show at the Louvre in Paris. And uh, in 1970, it was in the Playboy catalog, in the Christmas catalog. So, you know, <laughs> I think that's, that's pretty special in itself right there. That's the pinnacle. Yeah, so that was, it was, that 
probably was the pinnacle because after that, everything kind of just did not work out uh, the way that he had expected it. Um, and Noel, uh, basically, they, uh, they, after two years, they decided to move on. And so he, with great, he was very bitter, but he just had to basically put it on the shelf and that was the end of that. Now, having said that, that was both of these, these lights here. So um, that was, you know, that died back in the, you know, I would say probably 1972, that was the end of that. And then what I did is I just, I looked at that because I watched my dad put his heart and soul into it and I thought, what a really cool lamp. I mean, it's outstanding, it's unique. It's unique to this day. Mm -hmm. And so my wife and I talked about it. Uh, we've been married for 25 years. And um, uh, we always said that when the time was right, that we would bring these back to life. So that, here's where we are. And so you learned maybe from some of the challenges that your father had with these products and, and it, it evolved, right, from those original designs to what we have sitting here. And you brought other people in. And so people like Bob helped contribute to what this eventually looks like sitting in front of us here now. That is correct. Um, there, there was, I had a roadmap in, in my mind. Mm -hmm. That was, we knew that we needed to redesign it so that it would not be tethered. It, we needed to get rid of that tran transformer and we needed to make it battery operational, also something that would operate off of Wi-Fi and or Bluetooth, which in this case is what it has. It has a Bluetooth mesh uh, receiver. Uh, and also we would have to do away with the actual lights themselves and move to LEDs, which would be something which would be more within the technolo technology of, of today. Mm -hmm. So also use different materials and redesign it so that it would not have some of the character flaws that the original lamp had. So with that in mind, I had those four elements in my mind and I said, you know, I'm, I, I need to start somewhere. So through, through connections, I ended up uh, with the uh, Johnson School of Engineering at UTD and they have a program every year that they have uh, that which uh, essentially outsiders bring in, companies, individuals bring in a product and it gets redesigned or revamped or designed on site. So uh, that is, you know, that's a, um, uh, something that you have to pay for. So uh, it was a reasonable amount of money. The concept was good. Uh, and so they, they, they offered me the opportunity for it to be a two semester project for a team of students. And so that's, I, I paid the money. We started in on the first semester and um, we were making some great headway. And towards the end of the semester, um, I actually uh, ended up on a panel with Bob on something completely, on an expo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we got to know each other and I said, you know, you might want to take a look at these lights, Bob. Yeah. So, and that, that brings us, uh, us to the, uh, the point at which I, uh, join the story. Yeah. Uh, so as, as Brewster pointed out, uh, we've been on a, a panel. Uh, I'd been a mentor at UTD on other projects uh, related to my uh, Texas Instruments uh, career. And uh, one of the things that I most enjoyed about engaging with the Capstone projects is, is all of the, the creative ideas. And I have always had uh, an interest in the end products. What what becomes of the silicon that I'd been working on for, mm -hmm. for most of the 30 years of my career. And I recognized this when we were doing judging for the first semester of the two semester capstone project. And uh, I thought it was a really special project, very unique and had some interesting challenges. And so I asked if I could be you know, the mentor for that second phase. First phase is, is kind of the design. The second phase is the execution of that design. and turning it into a physical proof of concept. So, uh, you know, Brewster and I and the team at UTD uh, worked together for that uh, spring semester to, to bring that product 
to fruition. And uh, that's not one of these that's here today. Uh, and at the end of that project, we knew that there are, the technology is out there. We have at least identified potential materials, technologies that can be used to bring Brewster's vision of, of what this lamp could be uh, to real life. So from there, after the project was over, Brewster and I spent somewhere around nine to 12 months looking at a dozen different companies uh, who know, we, we looked on the West Coast, we looked on the East Coast, we really didn't need to go that far as it turns out, uh, because after looking at all those different companies, we found Paragon through a, a local event here, and in them found the capabilities to take the, the very rough prototype, as you might imagine, uh, is a proof of concept. Mm -hmm. But we knew it could be done, but there were still a lot of engineering challenges. And uh, in, in Paragon, we found the expertise in the mechanical, in the electrical, in the firmware, and, uh, and good relationships with someone that could do the mobile app that together forms you know, the offering that you see in front of you today. Yeah. So if we just take a, a time out from, from talking about this particular product um, specifically, and just talk about when it comes to choosing the right partner for a project like this, what to you, maybe what values stand out to you that someone should look for if they are in a similar circumstance? It led to you choosing Paragon in this case, but if someone is out there and thinking, we need to partner with a company similar to Paragon, what values do you think they should consider? What, what characteristics make a strong partnership? First and foremost is an ability to understand what it takes to bring a product you know, to manufacturing. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of people, obviously, you know, the students at UTD or any college in America can build something that just one time. Yeah. It is quite a different uh, scenario to go and build a thousand of them. Uh, there are all kinds of engineering uh, experiences that you need to bring to bear, particularly in the mechanical, uh, but not only that, but also on the, on the electrical of what happens to these projects, what happens to these products when you're building in volume and you can't afford to have even one out of a hundred is a very high number because we're a very small company mm -hmm. and we don't have the resources to spend a lot of time in debugging. The, uh, the other thing that is absolutely vital in this kind of market that we're going after, which is really the, the luxury lighting market, whether it's the residential or the hospitality market that we're also targeting, you get one shot with a lot of these customers. Sure. So it's absolutely vital that you have someone that has been through that process, that knows, has relationships with the manufacturing companies that we're, we've, we're trying to engage with, and has the ability to design something you know, for that volume market, and has the ability to, to debug, to be honest, mm -hmm. as you bring it up from you know, building one to building a thousand. I think it also has to do with reputation. <clears throat> you want to be with a reputable company. You know, companies you know, that deliver good products create a reputation. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Paragon had an excellent reputation and had a laundry list of clients, and you have a big list of clients, <laughs> uh, that uh, made us really feel comfortable. And I would say that, that we did the right thing in the process. In other words, we educated ourselves to get to Paragon by interviewing 11 other companies and figuring out, well, we didn't, we go through the checklist. I am, Bob, Bob, you like this. No, I don't like this. He didn't like that. I didn't like that. And, you know, we had to just go through, that's kind of like, you know, go through the dance process to, to find that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something, that's the reason that, you know, partnerships 
uh, are important, especially with quality individuals and teams, such as the one that we uh, engage with with Paragon. Yeah, you got to go on a few dates before you get married. You know, right? <laughs> like, uh, You're right. Yeah, 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 something like that. So, so Mike, they bring you guys in. What's your first impression when you're talking to them and getting a sense of what the vision for this product is? What did you see? Challenges, opportunities? Uh, just kind of give us, give us your thoughts, your initial thoughts when you began this partnership. So when we looked at it from an engineering perspective, you look pretty straightforward. I mean, Bluetooth, battery operated, that kind of stuff that we do all the time. The challenge for us was that this is a very artistic product. Mm -hmm. So the look is everything. You know, it's you know, it's not the inside Bluetooth chip that's stuck in there somewhere. It's it's this overall look and the ring and the glass and then what type of materials. I mean, and so a lot of time and effort was interfacing with these two gentlemen to make sure that we pick the right materials and it look right. So there's a number of iterations to get that and the experience that they have, and this is so important um, for Paragon, is to listen to the customer. Yes, listen to the customer <laughs> and hear their experiences about how, how it's gonna go together, how it's gonna work, the environment it's gonna be in. I mean, we start to think about, well, it's gonna be on a bar table like this maybe in a restaurant. Well. If you're not experienced with this, you wouldn't know that people pour, are going to pour beer in there and you know do all these things to torture to it. Well, they taught us this, and so the more they teach us about the use of the product, the customer experience, then the better we can do a job of engineering a product to meet those those needs. And so that was going to be the challenge, and was the challenge was to learn from them um, and translate that into a good engineering design. I have a really great example of that specifically during yes. the development of the project. And it was really something that we hadn't run into in, in talking with our students and getting them to develop the, the first proof of concept. Uh, the light sticks, uh, they're an LED. Everyone's very familiar with the little LED. You can buy them at, well, I'd be dating myself if I said you could buy them at the local Radio Shack, uh, or Fry's even. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, but understanding, you know, outside of the engineering environment, outside of the lab, mm -hmm. outside of something you know, relatively electrically benign as this environment, is what happens if you're in the northeast in the middle of winter? Uh, anyone that's lived up there knows that it doesn't take more than a few steps across the carpet to absolutely zap the heck out of your fingers. And the same thing is true for the LEDs. And that's something that one of the Paragon engineers identified early on as a risk. Hmm. And as I said before, we get one shot with a lot of these customers. And if we start having failures in the field, that is enormously expensive, both monetarily and also to our reputation. So that was a vital insight that they got just from listening to us and understanding where it might be used and following that to the logical conclusion of, oh, then you'll be concerned about this and here's how we go about addressing that. That's a, I think that's an incredible example. And, you know, Brewster, earlier when you were showing me the product before we went live, you said that there are holes in it, so if water gets in, it, it drains out and that sort of thing. Is that another example of uh, different innovations within the product that allows it to work in different ways? Well, <clears throat> actually, you know, they, the, the funny thing is um, uh, I had, I, I've had all along in mind a couple of uh, customer opportunities um, that where this would fit in perfectly and in one in particular but it's a really really excellent opportunity for us right now we're very very pleased with this I know <laughs> I know you do <laughs> uh, you I'll take you to lunch there I promise <laughs> so um, 
one of the I was talking to them and they had a product that's already out there that they were looking to substitute and they said you know one of the th- problems that we have with this product is is that you know every time it rains um, the product falls over or it doesn't work because of the of the rain and I thought to myself oh we have a problem here because this is where they're thinking they might want to use it and so I literally you know I was like I really burned a hole in my back of my brain on that one and as soon as I left uh, the the potential client I got on the phone with Bob and I said, we've got to do an engineering turnaround on yeah. this one. So in answer to your question, and Bob can take it from there, but we, uh, we've got a little small hole at the bottom of it, which is hardly visible. So that's, that's where you have the conflux of uh, engineering requirements and aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And, and as Mike mentioned, that is one of the challenges that we face here is how do you make it work? How do you make it work reliably? and then hide all of that stuff that you did to make that happen. Sure. Uh, and so uh, that's, that's one of those things that uh, they don't teach in engineering school, how wide does a hole need to be to drain it fast enough. Okay. Uh, if someone decides to pour a beer down your product, uh, that's definitely not uh, anything on any exam I ever <laughs> took in engineering school. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's, that's how we got that particular feature. And uh, that led to some interesting videos that we were able to come up with and hopefully we'll be able to show at some point of uh, what happens when we start filling this up with water and it continues to work. Yeah. Uh, so it's actually a very interesting look uh, to fill it up to overflowing and say, okay, uh, that actually might be uh, not an envisioned use case originally, but something fun to watch uh, if someone's left it outside. Right. It'll keep working. So you didn't waste the shiner. That's good. Uh, no, it's just water. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That is, that is a good thing. So, Brewster, we've been talking all about the product, but uh, give us some of the specifics as far as, like, the features and that sort of thing. For instance, when I take the light stick out, it obviously goes off, and then when it makes contact with the bottom, it goes back on. But uh, just tell us some more of the, the specifics, like how it charges and, and, and things along those lines. I think I'll defer that to Bob because he's our engineer. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we take a lot of hints from the original design. As yeah. Brewster mentioned, it was originally line-powered. Mm-hmm. And uh, two, uh, two forty volts. Two hundred and twenty volts. Two twenty. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I know not, the American. Not, not I know American standards, but I forget the numbers for, for Europe. <laughs> uh, you know, I've I've stuck my finger in an electrical socket when I was young, so I can't imagine what it was like if it was twice as bad. So obviously, we wanted to get away from that mm-hmm. and go to something that was battery powered, and you know that brings some challenges into uh, under itself as well, uh, just to have. It's not enough just to say we got lithium ion, but there are selections within that that we've had to, to do. Yeah. And we went through a process of what does our customer want? Mm-hmm. What would this be like for people who don't really want to deal with the technology? They've got a job to do in, a, for example, a restaurant. They're trying to just feed their customers and they want this to be a carefree, easy to use device. Right. So we developed a, a laundry list of features one of which was you know, battery power, USB charging, long battery life so they don't have to deal with that. Um, we uh, don't want to uh, grab it and start taking it apart right here, but um, it does have the ability to take the base off so that we can do stack charging so that there's a minimal footprint yep. because we saw that the products that were already out there had enormous footprints where you had to take all the lights into a particular area and just lay them out on a, on a pad uh, on, a, on a tray and charge them. Uh, and we recognize that it, it's much easier to take a cue from those uh, pads that everyone takes and says it, it vibrates when it's your turn to be seated. Yeah. And uh, so this has a stackable charging base. Uh, that also leads to, well, how do you, how do you provide power to that? 
how do you do that easily? So we've had uh, Paragon engineer in some solutions there. And uh, that's, that's one thing that from my perspective that you know, made my job a lot easier in dealing with the experts here that have gone through this process before. I have to specify what we're trying to accomplish and I have you know, the ability to communicate with them but they have the understanding of what these kind of products need. Mm -hmm. And so I don't have to go down into the, the nitty gritty details of, well, how do we make that happen? I can, I can specify it in terms of a, a functional spec, if you will. Um, in addition to you know, just the, the electrical innards uh, and the, you know, the protections against uh, electrostatic discharge that I mentioned before, um, we also wanted to uh, use a product that allows us to easily control one or a hundred of these lamps in a room without some of the overhead that's normally associated with provisioning a Wi-Fi based uh, protocol. So that's how we came to Bluetooth Mesh. Uh, that's how we ended up selecting the device that we use inside to provide that mesh because mm -hmm. that's something that Paragon had expertise in. And so that, that reduced our risk. Uh, it allowed us to get to a, a functional point in the development process much more quickly. Absolutely. And Brewster, one of the things that, that stands out to me is, first of all, I don't sit at a table often with something that's been featured in the Louvre, but um, <laughs> that's first and foremost. But this really is a, a conversation starter, something that brings people together when they sit around a table, which I think maybe more than anything else, that's something that has become a, a bigger thing for people over the last 14, 16 months or so. Yeah, I would say that um, the the way that we were going to look at the market going into COVID is different than the way that we're looking at it now. And I think that's true for many other companies too. Um, if in, in our case, I think it's actually played favorably in that people are, uh, even the conversation that you and I had earlier about, in other words, how people are looking at, at putting more uh, beauty and technology in their homes uh, on the premise that, you know, we've been all locked in our house so that we want to, if we're going to be locked in our house, we want to have toys to play with. We want to have things that, you know, that are cool. Right. And so um, the timing uh, is, has been really, really good for us in terms of looking at, you know, something like this that would be extremely unique. And from the interaction standpoint, uh, that's the, the name, the original name was the participation lamp. And there's a reason for that. It's mm -hmm. because it is a conversation piece. Sit, people sit down and I guarantee you, if we were to do a focus group right now and somebody sit down, the first thing they're gonna do is pick up that light stick and start <laughs> and go like, well, how does that work? You know, and what does it do? And so, you know, you can have that as a conversation piece. Um, we've had people even suggest that, you know, you can have a martini, you can pick up the light stick and you put, get the olive out, eat it, put it back in there, or you could stir your drink with it. So, I mean, you know, those are, those are that's, that's a conversation piece. So, as much as it's a conversation piece, it's also something that's very practical and very elegant mm -hmm. and very unique. And, you know, I'm not tooting our horn on this as much as we've gone out and done research and there is nothing out there like this. Yeah. As much as there wasn't something like that 50 years ago when my father first brought it to market. And it's very odd because there are remnants that are out there in the market from the original batches that are now selling for absurd amounts of money. Uh, so, um, and uh, it still has its place. Yeah. So we believe that uh, with a COVID not, you know, notwithstanding, that we have lots of avenues with regards to market opportunities that are going to play into people wanting to have this and, and enjoying it, you know, in a family setting or in a business setting or otherwise. Yeah. And Mike, what's it like for you to be a part and to play a role in, in the production of a, of a product like this? Just from your perspective, I know that this is something that, that you do quite a bit, but 
Some, some products have to hold a special place in your heart, right? And this, this certainly seems like a unique and, and fun thing to be a part of. Absolutely. So, you know, some of our best customers are ones that are young and new and trying to bring something new to market. I mean, it's, it's one thing to bring a next generation gadget to market, but something that's completely new and innovative is, is lots of fun. In this case, it's artistic, which kind of opens the eyes of myself and our engineers because we're not, we're not our daughters. I mean, like we talked about a while ago, I just soon put a half inch hole in there and drain <laughs> out the liquid. It, serve, it serves the purpose. <clears throat> Uh, but obviously that wouldn't be the right answer. So uh, learning from these guys has been great. And, you know, inside Paragon, we're always learning. And so this is just a great example of that. Absolutely. Well, guys, this is a phenomenal product to get to, uh, get the chance to, to learn more about, to hear more about. Uh, you guys have anything you want to say in closing, just to, to leave our viewers with, leave listeners with here as we wrap up the podcast? Um, anything that we haven't touched on yet or anything that you want to make sure people know or are aware of before we sign off? Bob? Uh, I think... I just want to share the excitement that I have yeah. in it, going from engineering school to a, a corporate career and then getting to really apply everything that you know, I've learned over the past you know, 30 years into bringing a product that has a real, can have a real impact to people's lives. Mm -hmm. uh, to seeing it at this stage is super exciting. You know, we've got the prototypes here and uh, I, I have every confidence that we'll be able to take it to the next level to get it into manufacturing and uh, I can sleep at night knowing that I have the backing of someone like Mike and the people at Paragon because the things that I don't know you can't know everything and that's the thing you have to quickly uh, you know get rid of um, uh, any conceit that you know everything <laughs> that's going on or, or can deal with any problem uh, you have to have a team mm -hmm. and uh, you know, that's why Brewster and I spent so much time before you know finding the right company in in looking for the right fit not just you know the right skill sets but the people that would be willing to listen to you and that had the engineering depth that gives us confidence that's like we don't know what's going to happen mm -hmm. we don't know what problems we might have but we've got the people in place to deal with that problem yeah I, i'd add to that to say that you know this is not the these these are just the our openers if you will in other words uh, there we already have planned the development of a couple of other uh, lights and they yeah and I, 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 I was gonna get to that I was gonna get to that and if Mike gives us a discount we'll let him have the business again so but uh, yeah so you know we look forward we're to be twice as expensive now that we're experienced in your product. Yeah, exactly so uh, we're looking at continuing our relationship with Paragon and uh, obviously I mean that's the very sensible thing to do uh, based on the fact that they understand the technology and everything that's gone into it so we don't want to you know reinvent the the, the mousetrap on this uh, and the other thing what I, I'll, I'll say I'd like to add to this is that you know if if I was to impart any knowledge if you will to you know an entrepreneur that was starting out I, I would say that one of the things I feel that you know Bob and I and subsequently our relationship with, with Paragon is you know if we we took our time we did you know we, we every step was very methodical and slow right. and deliberate and I think by doing that that's how we ended up getting a product like this mm -hmm. and by also by doing that that's how we ended up with a partner like like Paragon so think think and, and be be deliberate yeah about your decisions it's fantastic stuff Mike any final thoughts well we've enjoyed working with them and want to continue <laughs> uh, no, but it's, you, you, you pick your customers, too. You may not pick them the first time, but mm -hmm. uh, when you have a great experience like we've had, we want to continue that and do more things together. And this, was, this has been fun. 
thus far, and I think this, this is just the beginning. Yep. Yep. And you guys have a new website launching soon, is that right? Yes, that's correct. It's going to be uh, uh, thydesigns.com, and it should be, I'd say, probably within the next two weeks, it'll be up and running. So um, we invite uh, people to come and take a look and listen to our story and see what we've got to offer. And uh, we're, we're, you know, we're excited to get the word out. Yeah, come watch this video. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, by the time people are watching the video, the website will probably be live. And so uh, we'll cross our fingers on that. And so go check out the website, everyone. Uh, go make sure that you uh, go see a little bit more about the product, learn a little bit more about TH Waddell Designs, uh, doing fantastic stuff. So Bob Landers, Brewster Waddell, and, uh, and Mike Wilkinson. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here on, uh, on uh, Engineering Experience and uh, give us a great episode. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Thank you.